Click, click. All right, ready? I guess. Welcome back to the Admissions Uncovered podcast, the college admissions podcast for the students, by the students. My name, as usual, is Michael Gao. I'm a freshman here at Columbia, and today I'm joined by Dominic and me, who are finally done with the college admissions process. They sent in all their applications. They got in most of their decisions back. (laughs) 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 All right, so before we launch into the episode, we're going to be talking about how to choose schools how to learn more about schools, how to pick between those schools and make your final decision. Uh, Nee, do you have an announcement to make? Well, Michael's been pressuring me to announce this, but (laughs) I will probably be a keggy. And if you don't know what a keggy is, that's what, that's Dartmouth's mascot. And I haven't officially committed, but I'm probably going to be going to Dartmouth next year. So it's really weird. I was, like, super excited. I I think I told Michael this. I was at, like, a CVS waiting for my mom to pick up her prescription or something, and then it hit, like, 6 o'clock, and the dude was so slow. We were standing there for, like, 20 minutes. Um, but then I went home, and then I opened it. Of course, there were some rejections on Ivy Day, but then Dartmouth was, like, the last one I opened up, and it was in rejection, so I was like... So it was an acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went out for Thai food as you do. And um pretty chill. Doesn't feel real, but like I've just like lost all my motivation for school now. But you know, still trying. <laughs> Don't want to get my acceptance rescinded. So but yeah, that's the tea. Um, for the record, our pre-gaming Ivy Day episode specifically said not to do what Nee did. So we don't take our own advice. <laughs> I broke that advice too, let me tell you. Oh. Follow the advice. Honestly, like if you're if you're listening to this before you open up admission decisions, follow follow the previous episode's advice. It's so low key. Don't do what we. I did do. follow the advice though. I resisted the urge to open it at CVS. I actually made it home. No, she did. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, but like CVS, really? Like, no, right it wasn't before... at CVS. No, no, I mean like right before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, I can't help okay. it. Well, for me, I was like, I got to open the decision right at six o'clock. So I was like, mom, speed through the highway. Let's get home. Let's do this. Let's not do it. See, the thing about that is <laughs> checking it at six and checking it at seven. The answer is still going to be the same. So, but like low key, I was so close. I was like, mom, can I just, can I just open it in the car? And she's like, nope, nope, yeah. you better not. So. Yeah. <laughs> He's like after months of waiting, after months of buildup and anticipation, you know, like one hour actually, I think would, would have hurt me significantly. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? We'll never know. Um, okay. What else? Oh, I forgot to say our special sponsor for this episode, Freeze Crowd. Freeze Crowd is the social media platform for college students. It is only for people who have .edu emails, and guess what? Every single one of you now has a .edu email because you are now into, well, hopefully, into at least one college. And so once you matriculate, they'll give you a .edu email. And with that .edu email, you can go to, over to freezecrowd.com. That's freezecrowd.com and sign up. Here's why you should sign up. When you get to campus, you will, will literally know nobody. 
unless, you know, someone else from your school or, you know, a friend got into the school. But, but generally, you're not going to know people. You're going to have new student orientation and you're going to meet all these new people. And, and when you're trying to figure out where to sit for lunch, you're going to be looking around and see the uh, sea of strange faces. And you're going to be very overwhelmed unless you get started early with freezecrowd.com to meet the other new students at your school, to meet current students at the school, to meet alumni, to meet professors, to meet TAs. You can meet all these people at freezecrowd.com. It's a great way to connect with your college community even before you step foot on campus. That's freezecrowd.com. They support the podcast and they support you on your college adventure. But with that, let's get into the episode about how to choose the school you go to. Now, just character of the lovely college application process, there's always a looming deadline. And now the deadline has shifted from midnight essay deadlines to midnight college acceptance deadlines. You need to pick a school by May 1st, which is the uh, National Commitment Day. So almost all of the schools, uh, all the ones I know of, are on May 1st. So you have until May 1st to pick between your options. Now, you might be wondering, how am I ever going to pick between all these amazing schools I got into? Well, we have you covered. All right. So first off, one of the ways that I think that can really help you decide between schools is if you go to a high school in which like one of the graduating seniors, whether it be um, seniors from last year or the year before that, you can kind of reach out to them, talk to them, see what their experience has been like, because... You know, you can talk to admissions officers and all that, and they can tell you about student life, like campus life, what there is to do. But I feel like talking to a student who's actually like going through it and who was in your same position like one or two years ago can be really helpful. They can kind of tell you about what made them pick the school, what made them pick the school over other schools. So I think it's really useful if you have someone from your school that did Um, go to one of the colleges that you're considering to like reach out to them you can talk to your counselor and they can give you like an email or number to keep in contact but you can ask them basically any question if you if you're not sure if you'll like the weather there the environment there you're not sure if um, like there's a lot of diversity on campus or something like that those are all the things that you can ask a student who's actually going to the college right now oftentimes the school will actually pair you with someone who is currently a student or who was an alumni. Uh, So feel free to email back the person who emails you. Uh, One thing that I did was I actually called back some of the people who had interviewed me and asked for their advice on things and asked for their perspectives on schools. Uh, And the best thing is that now that you're not trying to get into a school, you can be very, very honest and be like, hey, I got into these three schools, compare them for me and tell me why I should go to your school. You can be very, very blunt about it because you really don't care uh, if if the interviewer is now going to like be weirded out that you're applying to other schools and not just applying to their amazing school that they graduated from. So you can be very honest about it and be like, hey, I applied to other schools. Help me out. So I think uh, your, your interviewers can also be a source of uh, information. And in fact, they probably will reach out to you again. A lot of my interviewers reached out again and were like, hey, congratulations for getting in. If you have any questions, let me know. Because that's something the admissions officer office and alumni affairs office uh, typically ask them to do as part of the interview process, is follow up with the people who got admitted. 
On that note, there are also admitted students events. Uh, Nia, I know where you went to one uh, for Dartmouth, I think, this weekend. What was that like? Yeah, so it was Sunday, actually, so two days ago. And it was just kind of a small gathering at um, an alumni's house. And it was uh, both students and parents. There were probably, I don't know, like 30 to 40 people there. And it was just, like, really chill. Um... We went there, they, actually the regional admissions officer, who's like kind of in charge of Texas and all that, was there, so which was nice, like, um, I remember meeting her when she came to our school um, for like one of those college fair things, so she kind of, um, just like, of course, like went over some logistics, but I think like the best part about it was just like meeting the other students from within your region that also get it, got in, because like they could potentially um, be your classmates next year, so a lot of the students there actually applied ED so like they knew that for sure they were going and it was just really cool to just like talk about talk with them um just kind of you know make friends because you know at freshman orientation sometimes it can be overwhelming because you literally have hundreds of people like trying to make small talk with you trying to um <laughs> yes I know yes I know trying to make trying like trying to become friends because like you know no one really wants to be like by themselves on the first day so Maybe just, like, knowing someone from your region can be helpful because, like, there are certain things that you guys can relate to. And it was actually really weird because a, a lot of them, like, I had, like, mutual friends or, like, they knew um, this person. So, like, um, there were some people from Plano West um, that, like, knew Sid, uh, who was on one of our earlier episodes. Um, and then also, I told Michael this, one of uh, my friends that... Like, I currently go to school with her childhood best friend, also applied ED, and she got in. So it's just really interesting to see the connections um, that you can make and also just, like, just getting to know your classmates a little more. So, Michael, um, besides, uh, like, the, the local gatherings at People's Houses of Alumni, a lot of schools will offer actual alumni, or not alumni, but admitted student days at their campus. Yep. Uh, did you go to any of those? I did, and I love telling the story because yeah. uh, I like free stuff, and I got some free stuff out of this. Okay. <laughs> so, I want to be very clear. I paid no money for transportation to admitted students' days at all. And the way I did that is because I'm on financial aid, so instead of paying for a plane ticket out, I asked the admissions office to pay the plane ticket out. And the way you do that is you just email the admissions office, you know, hi, admissions officer X. You know, maybe you email the person from your region. Maybe you just email the general, you know, account for admissions. You say, I'm so interested in your school. Even if you're not and you just want to have a free flight out, just say you're interested in the school. Uh, I'm trying to pick between a few different schools and want to visit the school to learn more about it. The price of a plane ticket, especially this laid out, might be too much. Can admissions offices help me out? Can X school help me out and subsidize travel? And chances are most schools, particularly if you're on either financial aid, have gotten a merit-based scholarship or are part of some like quote-unquote scholars program that's very common um, in, in the top 20, particularly the Ivy League, then they will actually subsidize your travel out. They will pay for your plane to get out and you'll never have to pay a cent. Uh, so yes, I did go to several limited students' days 
and many of my teachers in high school were not too pleased about it. But at that point, I didn't need their rec letters, so I was fine skipping a few days of school to have some fun. Now, as one who is going to skip a, a week of school to go go to some of those, uh, what advice would you have going into them as far as things to look for while you're there? Any tips on how to better aid which school to choose? Yeah. I mean, the first thing I'll say is that I mentioned how difficult new student, new student orientation will be when you're about to start school. The fly-in programs you go to are are going to be kind of like even more awkward than them because you're, <laughs> you're around admitted students, but you don't know if they're going to be your classmates or not because they've only been admitted. They haven't actually said yes and matriculated yet. So the awkward small talk is going to be even more there. So, I, you know, my advice for that is just talk to the other students who got admitted and also use them as resources because they might, they're making the same decision you are most of the time. They're, they're choosing between schools. That's the reason why they're at Admitted Students Day. So ask them what their thought process is and maybe that could be helpful too. The other big thing that I would try to notice is what your host for the admitted students days and what current students are saying you know some current students will have to say that the school is amazing because they're literally next to an admissions officer right and they can't be like dude the school sucks because the admissions officer will be like okay goodbye i will take over now but there will be moments where you talk to students on campus completely unrelated to admitted students weekend programming you know you're just going to pass them by you know maybe in 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 the in the dining halls or on on the way to some event feel free to talk to them because they're going to be the most honest with you um the another way to do that is your host your host for the weekend typically the hosts don't actually actively engage in programming they're just housing students so they're not going to feel some pressure to lie about the school um and the other thing is that when you live with your host, you're going to have an entire floor, maybe an entire suite, or maybe just a roommate to also ask questions to. So ask all the questions you want to all the students who aren't directly affiliated with the Admitted Students Weekend programming, because I think then you're going to get the most honest and truthful advice. So Michael, I'm also going to go to an Admitted Students Day in like two weeks. So... Mm-hmm. What do you usually, well, besides like talking to people, do you recommend like going to some of the classes, like, um, like going to some of the, I know, um, Dartmouth is going to have like a big club mixer. So what do you think I should do to like make the most out of like my trip up there? It's a good question. I, I think the answer is probably simpler than you might think it is. It's just to go to every program they're offering because they typically aren't going to have conflicts that are significant so just just go to every one of them it's going to be super duper exhausting but that's how you're going to get the most information at at the same time even though you should be going to all the pre-programmed events you should also be talking to like i just said students outside of the programming to get to give you you know like multiple perspectives but i guess i guess the real question is you know when you're on campus what sort of questions should you be asking I think what's really important for me when like when I was looking at schools and stuff, I know I said it a lot was like kind of the environment and the community there. So I definitely want I would want to like talk to the students and see what a typical day at the schools like 
kind of um, their classes, maybe like their teachers, but more just overall of how like the sense of community and kind of just like the vibe overall that the school gives because of course like every school is going to be like academically rigorous and and all that but I also like want to know like oh um is it easy to get especially like Dartmouth is very it's in rural New Hampshire so it's like kind of seeing how easy it, it, it is to like access bigger cities um what what you can do on campus and just like things like that I feel like I want to focus on more stuff besides beyond academics because you can always learn about what courses are offered, um, blah, 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 by just like looking at their website. I think it's a really good point, particularly because even for y'all interested in doing research with professors, all schools are going to have some program geared toward freshmen that they're going to name drop, right? All schools are going to have those sorts of programs, I feel like. Um, and so, sure, do the research, you know, do the quick website Google, and if you still have questions, feel free to ask them. But the reason why you're on campus is to get the information you're not going to find on the website. On Dartmouth's website, you're not going to find out that their unofficial mascot is a keg, right? That's something you learn by, like, doing the underground Googles unrelated to the Dartmouth <laughs> official website. It's actually fun. I didn't even know it was a keg until I got in and actually... One of my friends told me, because she was looking it up, and she's like, bro, you're going to be a keggy. And I was, I was like, excuse you, I'm going to be a what? <laughs> and it's literally, if you don't know this, Dartmouth's unofficial mascot is a keg. And it's just like, like not just a keg, it's a keg with like a face. And like, yeah, it's it's pretty weird, but it's pretty interesting. But yeah, like these little things, like little also, oh, also like learning about school traditions, like special things or like, um, specific activities that I should be looking out for. It's, like, really cool. I feel like those, like, little perks and those little things that you find out about a school really make you, like, love the school even more. Yeah, I, I can't believe you didn't know the keggy thing before you before you applied. That was the reason why I didn't apply to Dartmouth, was because <laughs> the unofficial mascot was, like, keg. Um, now... Now I wouldn't care so much, and I would have applied. Um, but that, that's what you I should hear his now. stories, man. This guy. Let me tell you. I don't even tell you most of the stories. Let oh. me. T- I've heard enough. <laughs> Trust me. Wait, you have. We'd have a whole nother podcast. We can have a. Whole yeah, you don't remember podcast. all of them, Michael. <laughs> I remember all of them. <laughs> Michael's memory is very fuzzy, you know, because reasons. Because I'm studying a lot. Uh, so all the econ is jamming out other stuff. That's, that's what's happening. Right. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like those types of questions are the ones you want to ask. Like me, I would like, obviously like you should do whatever you want in college within reason, obviously. Um, (laughs) okay. Well, we could have another podcast about my philosophy about this type of stuff now, but I think it's like an, at least an interesting question. Maybe you can just ask it for me. How true is it that Dartmouth is, you know, the school with the mascot of a keg? Yeah, like, how true is it that it's a super fratty, you know, Greek life-filled school? My stereotype is that it is, but I never talked to anybody from Dartmouth, so I would love to know. I feel like that's also another thing that that's good about, like, Admitted Students Week, or just, like, visiting in general. Because maybe you, like, you hear a lot of things about certain schools, like, every school kind of has a thing that kind of like represents what it's supposedly like but sometimes it might be exaggerated or sometimes it might be even worse than what you think but you won't 
really know for yourself unless you go there because everyone like assesses things differently so you know you could love it and someone else might hate it or you might hate what someone else loves the one thing about admitted students um days i feel like is that one thing they're kind of short and they do have a lot of activities that they're kind of putting on so it's not going to be like a true kind of reflection of what like your life as um, a student there is going to be but I think it's the closest that you're going to get short of actually going there yourself and it's going to be really helpful when you're trying to decide between schools that look really similar on paper with like the same majors just kind of the same financial aid going to these days could really could really allow you to make that decision come May 1st. Yeah, and another question or another thing I think to keep in mind is that you're also going to be living at this school for four, for probably four years, hopefully four years. Um, so <laughs> don't just ask about the academics, right? Like, I know we already like talked a little bit about this, about how you can find most of the, of the stuff about academics on the website. Differences are marginal at best probably already did a lot of the research about academics while applying to the school to write the Y College essay. So focus on those types of intangibles. Just think like as you're walking around campus, would you enjoy walking around this campus every single day for the next four years of your life? Right? Like, I think those things matter. Now, you know, obviously, if you're making the comparison between like Harvard and your community college, it doesn't matter if you hate Harvard's campus, you should probably go to Harvard if you can afford it, and it has, yeah, right? Like, I, I think that's a not too controversial statement to make. But if you're making choices between colleges of a similar tier, which you could see both of them, go, you see yourself going to both of them, both of them have the academic programs, then you should actually ask yourself, which school would you be happier at? You know, which school could you imagine living at for the next four years? And I know that's kind of like a foofy doopy hippy dippy foofy doofy <laughs> question um but i think it's one that you should keep in the back of your mind as you're just walking around do you like it here so dominic you're going to be on a week long adventure to different schools yes sir do you know what questions you're going to ask i've started to think about it. i've gotten a lot uh from this so i definitely need to like take this podcast probably re-listen to it after we <laughs> get edited and put it back together but i think the way i would judge the the student body right is rather than making conversation with all these people that are trying to do the same exact thing like michael was talking about where it gets a little hectic i feel like i would rather observe the conversation just kind of like the way they they talk so i'll definitely be very observing while i'm there kind of taking it in and then definitely asking some questions about some of the programs but i feel like i've done enough research on the the academic side to where i think it really just comes down to the money and the, the student life and, and all that good stuff. So I think I'll be getting a feel for the student life that you can't get from from websites and, and looking at stuff up because I didn't go and visit any places before. Uh, the applications is kind of like my first time actually being on the campuses and seeing what they're actually like. Yeah, I think that's really true. You know, I, I hate to use like college admissions cliches, um, but this one happens to be true. Sometimes you do just have a feeling when you get to a school. I don't know. I mean, I didn't have that feeling, but I know people who did. <laughs> um, so it's very possible you might have that feeling when, when stepping onto a school's campus, in which case your decision is made very 
easy. So I'll let you know. Hopefully that happens. <laughs> but I would bet money that I, I don't feel that way. Yeah, I would. But we will I see. would also bet that too, knowing you. <laughs> you know me enough. <laughs> I, honestly, I feel like it's going to be kind of a hard decision. Like, I don't know. We'll see. A lot of stuff is up in the air right now, so I don't I don't want to tease anything to just turn around and, and say something different next week like I do with the, the essays and stuff. <laughs> but we'll, we'll definitely cover it later. Yeah. Do- Dominic is just mystery man. I feel like yeah. I was also going through what Dominic was going through before um, Ivy Day came out because I was kind of... Oh, great. <laughs> There's a point to this. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> no, it's um, not good. Anyway, sorry, sorry about that, Dom. We don't talk no, about I'm that. Um, but I was like, no, there we were don't. two schools that. Oh dear. <laughs> Anyways, there were two schools that I think that were pretty similar, I guess, in tier and everything in academics. And at that point, if it if it were only those two schools, I actually would have. I think would have made the trip out to one of the schools to like actually see it because like they were pretty close on paper and I was just like, you know, honestly, it's just about the environment. So it's, it's really hard to make that decision when they're so similar and especially in financial aid, like we're going to talk more about that later. But if you're applying to schools that will like have this thing where like they meet a hundred percent of your need, then at the end, like the financial aid packages will be pretty similar. And I think looking at financial aid is also a big factor in deciding which school to go to because like you don't want to go to college and like be broke. I mean, you're going to be broke, but you don't want to be like super broke. Well, you might not be broke. <laughs> I don't want to scare people too much. Um, you're going to be broke. <laughs> it is expensive. You're going to be but... broke walking in. You're going to be broke walking out, but it's okay. You got a good education so you can make money to pay it back and then live your life. Uh, we'll, we'll do an episode on paying for college. Don't worry too much. (laughs) People can figure it out. Just to talk a little bit on the financial aid part, because I feel like this is a integral part of choosing between schools. Absolutely. And one of the, maybe the main driving force behind my decision now, because I definitely have two schools that are very equal on paper and the financial aid package is is within like $500. For one, Michael, do you have any experience like negotiating financial aid packages um and then if so or if not how would you how would you recommend going about that in fact i do it's almost like we set this up and planned it before the episode wow (laughs) but we're so good that we didn't (laughs) (laughs) um so i've told this story i think a few times but i think it's very 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 important story time with michael story time with michael how to get more money from colleges (laughs) my specialty (laughs) So colleges like to see their matriculation rate high, right? They want more of the students they admit to get in because that's a nice number to kind of show off and, you know, put on lists and get them up on the rankings. So they want you to go to, your, to their school. And so if another school offers you more money than them, you probably are going to feel a likely instinct to go to the school that's offering you more money. Well, the school that's offering you less money wants you to come to their school so they might match the offer that you got from the school that gave you the higher offer maybe so it's no guarantee but i think everybody who has a school that's given them significantly or even just a little bit more financial aid than the other schools 
should take that school's offer, you know, save, save the offer letter as a PDF, save the details as a PDF and email every other school they got into and send them the email. Hey, and, and you have to be very blunt about this. I, I know it's going to feel uncomfortable, but just know, like, if this doesn't work out, you don't, you don't care because you're not going to that school, right? Just, and even if you are going to that school, the admissions officer or the financial aid officer isn't going to remember you. So what am I going about to tell you to write in the email is going to sound snarky and might be a little bit too oh, forward gosh. for some of you, but it's just what you have to do. Dear so-and-so, to whom it may concern, whatever, I received a competing financial offer, offer from X school. Um, they gave me X dollar amount. You only gave me X dollar amount. Will <laughs> you match the financial aid offer? I think you have to be very blunt about it. I think you have to be very clear about it. And you also should attach the supporting documentation to show that they've actually attached or that they've actually given you the better offer. Um, and again, it's super blunt, but it's what you have to do. And, you know, whatever. Send that email and see what happens. Now, even if you don't have a better financial aid offer, I would also recommend um, seeing if you can have any other kind of like non-financial factors. So, you know, if you have another kid going into, if your parents have another kid going to college, supporting grandparents, so long-term care issues, if one of them lost their job, any of those things that might hurt your financial position, also bring those up because that can also bring up your financial aid offer. But, but, but just so to be very clear, you should always, always, always try to renegotiate. Never take the initial right. offer. So I have two things to follow up with that. Um, for one, right? Let's say you let's say you negotiate something uh, with the school, and they agree to match the other one. Uh, most schools, from the way I understand it, they have their own program where they plug in your numbers and how much your parents make and your assets, and then it spits out a number of how much they think you should pay. How, like, do you think the school is going to honor that? over the the four years of your education because mm -hmm. like right now this is just the freshman year money and then they could turn around sophomore year and change it from the way i see it so how how would you make sure that that's going to be like a payable level all four years it's a very good question and the answer is you don't know <laughs> okay but so... i don't think i think overall <laughs> like it might fluctuate i don't think it's ever going to fluctuate so much that you suddenly like can't afford it at all because, like, it's also true... Well, I'll, I'll let you know what happens with my financial oh, really? aid this year, and if it but, goes significantly down, we'll know that they just yeah. did it to get No, me. but also... <laughs> okay. But, like, we shouldn't, like, scare people off, but there's also... You also need yeah, to take yeah. into account that if your family does have a change in, like, financial status or something like that, maybe they got a raise, even if it's not a lot, it will still affect... Um, it could also still affect your financial aid. So, that's why that's the thing about going to like going to a school knowing that you can like barely pay for it like you're like planning all these things out i'm gonna take some here take some there that can also be really dangerous because you never know and you don't want to be in that situation but if you go for a school that gives pretty good financial aid you think it's within your limits you could definitely pay for it plus or minus like a few thousand you could um you can probably still pay for it then those are also things that you need to take into consideration yeah, and just to say, you know, like, I know I give a very, like, mysterious and sad answer, and it might be the case that it is mysterious and sad and just, like, is what the system is, <laughs> as many times it is. Um, but the other thing to do is, as admitted students, you're going to have a lot of opportunity to interact with financial aid officers 
and admissions counselors who really want you to go to the school. So they're going to be open to your questions. So you should straight up and ask them, you know, here's the offer. You've, you've said you'd match it, but will you match it all four years? And chances are, they're going to give kind of like a, like a, like, (laughs) oh, well, we recalculate based on our formula every year. (laughs) You know, like BS double talk. (laughs) Exactly what I did. Exactly what I did. (laughs) But like, keep in mind, that's the kind of like BS double talk you've been hearing for the entire college admissions process. So you're used to it by now. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. But, but the takeaway is just, like, ask the question and see what they say, especially if you have the opportunity to visit anyways. All right. One more question based off of the financial aid, right? I definitely agree with giving the schools the other offers, right? But I feel like that is, like, the student's trump card. In this situation, like, in the college app process, the students don't have too much power. But competing financial aid officers uh, – for competing financial aid offers from other schools – affects like the only thing you can change for that school which is their yield rate once they let you in you matter to the school they're gonna do what's within their power to get you there and i think that all the power you hold is pretty much in that competing financial offer where you can negotiate it down i in my opinion i think like that's the last resort right like you pull that and you're like all right i need more money this is what i'm gonna do but once you use that like you can't use it again right because if they match it you can't go back and say match it again because they already matched it yeah so do you think there's a way where you could i don't know like because i know a lot of people say like appealing financial aid, financial aid officers offers so you like appeal it and then later you go back in and then try to have them to match it what do you think about that that is a very very good idea and if you have those types of competing circumstances that might lower your financial aid offer like, like i mentioned earlier earlier parents lost a job took a beating at work maybe it's just a one-time off year they had some investment that paid off you know long-term care issues other siblings have to go to college or have medical expenses grandparents great-grandparents you know if there's any financial burden to your family i don't know might as well send it to them and see what they'll say Um, and then yeah i definitely agree with that strat start off with all the other stuff and then play the play your trump card play play the uh the best financial offer because i mean if you game plan game plan it out here's the best case scenario right after you negotiate up your financial aid offer with you know financial circumstances um that hurt your family's financial situation the offer from the school that used to be not so good gets better well if it gets better than the school that used to be the best financial aid package, right? The school that used to offer you the best financial package. If the new school that you've negotiated with actually improves above that, you now have a better Trump card to leverage your old Trump card for more money. Um, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yes. I mean, that's, that's the process I envision, right? Because once you send the competing offer, like that is, that's as much power as you have in the situation. (laughs) So I would definitely like use it, but know that once you use it, you're not going to seem as powerful or as like competing to that school yeah. uh, once they do it. But also like, I don't know if you care about your school, but if you go through this whole process with the school and you send them financial officers from other schools, like that, that's a pretty big thing to the school, right? You're saying 
I don't know about your school. This is kind of good, but if you don't pay me, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> so if they then turn around and match it and then you don't go there, your counselor probably won't be too happy. <laughs> They're not going to be happy your counselor. And if I like didn't have my morning coffee, I might blacklist the school. I don't know. You don't know what these uh, if I admission. You're not going to blacklist. So <laughs> if if you're going to go through that process, like if you care about your high school if. or the or the kids yeah. that are underclassmen there, I would be uh, semi cautious when doing this. Eh. That that last step. Dominic's a nicer person than I am. Clearly, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think. I don't, I don't know. Actually, who knows? You're not going to get blacklisted, but but... I would not, if I was an admissions officer, I would not be happy if I matched an offer from another school and then they messed up my yield rate. Yeah. But also like, you got to do you, right? This is your college admissions Mm -hmm. process. This is your next four years. This is your, like, you got to do you, I think. Just another thing to consider. There's a lot to consider in this process. A lot to consider. Oh. And only three weeks. Only three weeks. Ooh. Do not miss the May 1st oh. deadline. Do okay, not miss <laughs> My question. God. So. For... Wait, real quick. Real quick before. Real quick still on financial aid. Um, I want to like dampen expectations. Because I don't know if the, like the cycle of better and better Trump cards actually will happen. Chances are. Hap- that Trump card being trumped once is already extraordinary. Um, chances are sometimes they're not going to match your offer. Especially if your offer is from a school way worse than theirs. Like if you try to yeah, leverage you, you Harvard with... You want to make sure they're with, competing schools. Yeah, if you're, you're trying to leverage Harvard with your community college, it's not going to work. <laughs> right? Like, I hate to be the elitist, but... You are going to be Truth is truth, facts are facts. Well, you know what? Truth is truth. Harvard is not going to care if the community college gives you, you know, a full ride. <laughs> right? Like that's, that's not going to be your trump card. You need to make sure they yeah. are competing tiered schools. So for instance, right... I leveraged the Ivies against each other, um, and I got the Ivy match. But when I gave them, I think it was like UVA, where I got a full ride from, they didn't care at all. <laughs> Which you know, I'm yeah, not the elitist yeah. one. It's 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 the financial aid of the offices who are being elitist, not me. I'm I'm just <laughs> being real talk and telling the truth here. Okay, Nee, what was your question? The May first thing. So. You have to accept an offer, like, either on that day or before, like, the deadline. So, do you also have to reject all your offers? Uh, no. It'll automatically reject, I think. Okay. So, like, you just need to accept one, and then everything else is like, oh, you didn't do it by the deadline, then. Yeah. That's why don't miss the deadline, because it might be a school you really want to go to, and you're like, whoops. You can reject the other ones if you're feeling really, you know, spicy and like, haha, I get to reject you. Um, but it is, it's not going to matter. Just ex- make sure to accept one and make sure to accept only one, please. <laughs> Do not accept offers from multiple schools. That is actually bad because you will be entered into the college's system. They will send you to what's called the National Clearinghouse, which keeps uh, attend- or which keeps like uh, enrollment records for every single college in the United States. That's public information. So colleges can see if you are matriculated into two <laughs> schools and, and, and bad things will happen. So do not do it because they will one know. Comment, yeah. One comment on the rejecting thing, again, to be the nice guy to evil Michael over here, who, who cares about the individual in this process. I think you're just doing the school a slight favor if you know you're not going to go there. If you go in the, the portal and reject it, they 
they can start figuring out like their class size and work on the wait list, I guess. That's true. That's if you don't true. care about the school, then, you know, just let it expire May 1st and they'll do it after that. But if you, if you really want to, if you know, you're not going to go there, you could help the school out and just, just do that. Um, and Michael, from what I understand, the accepting the offer that, that is the enrollment deposit. Like the enrollment deposit is the binding thing there. So definitely make sure you pay that enrollment deposit by that date. Yes. Yes. Very true. Some of those are expensive, man. They are. Let me tell you. If you're on financial aid, try to get it waived. College is expensive in general, but... How do you get it waived? Send an email. Yeah. Any email you send to a financial aid office needs to be direct. Wait, did you, did you get your deposit waived? No. No? We just paid it. Well, the other thing is that the, other thing is that the deposit counts toward yeah. you paying the school... So, you know, if there's like a situation where your family just doesn't have that money at this time, then send the email. But otherwise, it's, I don't think, that big of a deal because you're basically just paying for your education. Yeah. I I know one friend who has a a full ride at a school. His is waived because obviously it's free, right? right? So they're not going to make him pay money and then refund him. So in some cases, it'll already be in your portal as waived. And then that way you can accept it. Uh, but that is another thing. Like, if you're thinking about waitlist, we'll, we'll save the waitlist thing for another episode because that's a, a whole nother discussion on its own. Whole nother beast. But that is one thing to think about um, because you will lose that enrollment deposit. Obviously, $800 to go to the college of your dreams, like, you know, it's whatever. But it is something to think about. And make sure you're uh, starting to save that money if, uh, if you need to have a, a substantial amount for that enrollment deposit because if you, if you don't have it on May 1st, that's going to be a problem. So just make sure you have those funds there. It's ready to go. Don't wait until May 1st. This is not a submission deadline. <laughs> go ahead and take care of it. Like a little bit early. You don't want anything bad to happen. Yeah. Don't get that card declined. <laughs> Your oh balance is negative. <laughs> you cannot go to college. That would be the most awful thing to happen to anybody. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're like Please. calling your bank at 11 p.m. Yeah, just... There's a lot of bad stuff that could happen, and if you don't know April 30th where you're going, which I probably won't, but it'll be okay. We'll figure it out. If you don't know on April 30th, we can have a nice chat, and we'll figure it out. Flip the coin. You'll figure it out together with Dominic. We can have, like, a, a live podcast, <laughs> figuring out a session. Be- hey, 24-hour be podcast, cool. just picking schools. That'd be so cool. Okay, I don't know about, I don't know about 24 hours, but I think a live podcast. <laughs> Okay. It might take 24, Michael. Who knows? We'll set this up. There's a lot to consider. Hey, Dominic this is your idea. Safe. We'll set this up. So. Yeah. Set up your pro-con charts. Visit schools. Talk to people. Yes, pro-con charts. Make the call. Very, very good. Make the call. I need to, I need to make one. You haven't made one yet? No. Well, I got to go visit them because I don't Like, I got to put stuff on there, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so once I go visit them, which is next week. So I still have two weeks after that. We're, we're good. Well, you also do some research now because you do want to get some basic academic research done now because you don't want to be asking yeah. those questions like you don't want to be at the admitted students day and be like do you, uh, offer- do you have the major i'm interested in <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing and a lot of the yeah a lot of things uh for example i recently just d- decided that i'd be interested in doing a, du- a double major at some of these schools mm. and looking into the the alternative programs for that double major separate from the one that i was accepted into to do uh, so that is something to look into. See if they, if you're interested in a double major for one program, make sure those other schools have it. Uh, also, if you, especially if you have your counselor call, it's kind of hard for you to call as a student um, because the the counselor has a lot of the uh, channels to talk to admissions officers or people from the different departments. If you talk to them, for example, I was 
in my counselor's office and I was talking on the phone with a person who helps run one of the programs um, and I got a plenty good answers to some questions I had and was able to figure out a little bit more about what I'm thinking about some schools. So there are definitely ways to learn more about them and why not get it from the source itself? You know? For sure. Um, we really need to wrap up, but one like quick last thing I want to say about deciding between schools based on programs and academics is that uh, if you're interested in things like law school, uh, some schools have what's called submatriculation, where you apply, I think, your junior or senior year to the law school of the same university you're going to. And if you get in, uh, then you're automatically enrolled in law school. So I think Columbia here has like a one of those seven-year submatriculation programs. And the benefit is just that you're you're like right into the same, you know, system, right? Because you're already in it. I don't know if it's easier or not, but those programs do exist. So if you're interested in that, definitely look into them. A few other kind of like under the radar programs that you might be interested in are joint uh, BAMA programs. So Hopkins, I think, has one for uh, international policy and some other one that I'm blanking on. Stanford has a whole bunch of them. They call them co-terms um chicago brown have joint uh ba mpa or masters of public policy programs so you know obviously like masters long long time away but if you are at least marginally interested in uh, those types of submatriculation programs could be something to keep on your radar so random last fun fact well, thank you so much again for listening to this episode of the Admissions Uncovered podcast. Congratulations on being done with college admissions. Congratulations on getting your decisions back. Uh, now you just have to make a decision, uh, which is the maybe the, I don't I don't know if I would call it the hardest part, but it is it is pretty hard. So don't worry if you're stressing. But we hope we've given you some good tips about how to find more information about the schools and how to synthesize that information to make the best choice possible at the end of the day. The deadline is May 1st. Please do not miss that deadline. May 1st, May 1st, May 1st. Anyways, uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, head over to iTunes at bit.ly slash aupodapple to give us a five-star review. It absolutely does help uh, our podcast show up higher in the search results. Uh, so go over to iTunes and give us a nice five-star rating. And if you leave a review, we might even read it on the podcast. So write your messages to us. Um, once again, we'd also like to thank our uh, sponsors for this episode, FreezeCrowd. FreezeCrowd is the go-to platform for college students to connect with their college community. You can sign up right now with your .edu email over at freezecrowd.com so you can meet your college community, meet classmates, meet prospective students, meet teachers, TAs, alumni, anybody with your schools.edu email. It's really cool. I'd love for y'all to try it out at freezecrowd.com. Again, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for supporting the podcast, and we will see you next week. Good luck and congratulations.